Kidney Clowder. Back at it. And the the big unfortunate news from the weekend uh, is Ol's moustache that he, he still does have that hasn't been shaven off. <laughs> it, awful. Horrendous. <laughs> Horrendous. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the retro... <laughs> The retro posts have got to you well. <laughs> but look, I think I'm betting around the bush here to avoid uh, talking about display in the weekend. Nothing any cat supporter wants to hear. A loss to Hawthorne. Mm. A few goal margin there, Zach. A what could have been performance. Yeah, losing to Hawthorne and Collingwood it just stings you to lose in either of those two. Maybe Frio as well. But yeah, just another... What could have been game and just still seem to be reliant on our top echelon of players, but our bottom six just not up to it at the moment. Mm. Your, your emotions yeah. post-match all now. Look, you know, a, a typical uh, Geelong-Hawthorne game of, of recent recent uh, seasons, the rivalry continues. They just a uh, little bit too good for us when it really mattered and some of our errors were blaring errors. That was ultimately pivotal for the outcome of the game. Yeah, Glenn Forsyth says a very disappointing end to the season. We'll talk a bit about that later, whether this means end of the season or whether this this doesn't. We'll get on to that later. But Glenn says, one of the most frustrating I can remember, Geelong have, have some serious thinking to do on and off the field. There is no fire in the belly with this team. After a Hawthorne Geelong match, well, that's that, the, that's the feeling. Yeah, whether the, it be positive or positivity, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But moments from the match and moments prior to the match, I guess, is really important. And prior to the match, Zach, for you, this was a Hawthorne outfit without Big Boy McAvoy, without their captain Jared Roughhead. So they had a, a full forward who played four games. Without, obviously without Silvioli. James Sicily, definitely one of their best players. Yeah. You said to me before the match, no excuses. Yeah, I agree. Look, to be honest, I, I think we'd, we'd butchered this game just with our selection before the game. Some of them, I've, I've had real issue, I'm not going to shy away from, with our match committee this season we've spoken about before, bringing in some guys too early. But just looking at our ins and outs, I think, um, well, Jed Buse was obviously injured, so he swaps for Tom Stewart. That's a like-for-like, like, no issue with that. Hmm. Um, Ryan Abbott in for Reece Stanley would have liked to see Abbott play but again no issue with that Stanley had to play but some of these other ones I mean Jackson Thurlow you would you would really hope that he wasn't dropped on the base of, on the back of that one error last week you can't hmm. omit a player on for the back one of, one, of one mistake as yeah. bad as it was you can't do that yeah. Jermaine Jones a little energizer bunny his yeah. stats I, are, I love him his stats are low, but he brings that pressure, and, and that was him. and that was yeah. missing. Lincoln McCarthy quite similar, so we need that pressure. Hmm. Jordan Cunico can be a bit sloppy with his disposal. I'm a huge fan of him and Thurlow as well, um, but I, I just don't see why they needed to be dropped. Mark O'Connor, he he had a go, and I had no issue with that. He tried his heart out, but again, like we've seen before, just probably a bit overawed by the occasion and the. And what was on the line and James Parsons, well... We'll get to individual players and performances, but these sentiments are felt by fans. Kieran Yap, Jason O'Dwyer, Shane Robert Robertson, all questioning the selection prior to the match. And some saying the match was lost on Thursday when the teams were announced. I, I agree. Eddie, Eddie Berg, he, he talks about Ryan Abbott. Why was he dropped and why was Parsons' inclusion... And Trent Woodall asked why no second tour could we play with a second tour. Your thoughts there, Ol and Zach, and playing Abbott with Stanley? Say Stanley was fit for the full match, assuming. Oh, well, if if Stanley's fit for the full match, then uh, perhaps we do, you know, we we go with what had been working prior to the to the Ryan Abbott inclusion but um i mean if we do want to play ryan abbott in the team from now on given that we know what he can provide then this game would have been a, a decent opportunity for him but is he is he an out and out tap ruckman he, he wouldn't ideally you wouldn't want him 
to be a ruck rotator or a centre-half forward, which the likes of Asava, Adeguea, Stanley mm-hmm. really are. Mm-hmm. That's not Abbott. That's yeah. not Zach Smith. That's not Abbott. So yeah. can, can you play them together? I wouldn't. Well, potentially Abbott's not necessarily, you know, your natural forward type, but you hear a lot, the commentators and, and general media personalities talking about players not getting any shorter towards the end of a game when, when you know, players get tired or weather the weather impacts the game. Say it's a, you know, a wet day, you play you, you're tall... Mm. Tall players, for as slow as they may be or as immobile as they may seem, they don't get any shorter. So if you park a guy in the goal square or, you know, 30 metres out from goal and kick it to him, put it on his head, he's going to take marks. Look at uh, Jonathan Segler on on the weekend, you know. Yeah. Playing that that role. One moment, yeah. Uh, I think it was playing on Hando, that that goal, yeah. Um, A lot of these... Selection question criteria, Cunico emission, th- these are hurt by, by all fans and, mm. and really questioning at the moment. And mm. cleanliness, is that an issue for you all? Well, yes, in, in the sense that we're one of the teams that has, has these fit of the fumbles on regular occasions uh, when you know the pressure is high in your pressure cooker environment with... Uh, Multiple thousands at the MCG. Uh, sometimes we seem to seem to crack under the pressure. We back our skills potentially too much, and we don't just force the ball forward when when t- teams like Richmond or or other teams within the eight at the moment seem to just play a forward at all costs type, almost a um yeah a. a a hyper hyper aggressive hyper movement of the ball is their main objective. We're trying to be too clean, too cute with a lot of the disposal, over disposing, yeah, over handballing. Some of us yeah. thought last week, yeah, yeah. But for me, it's that the real skills versus grunt and grip mm-hmm. for me was really outlined, which goes hand in hand with cleanliness and clean hands receiving a handball or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Skills versus the grunt, grit, pressure acts, willingness to run, take contact, slap the ball 10 metres forward, you know, Richmond style, to gain some territory. There was one moment in the game where Hawkins, basketball style, slaps it over his head. To I think it was to the advantage of Menzel from memory or one, one or yep. other forwards. Yep. Um, we haven't done that really much at all this season. You know, Jack Arua, we, we saw that. He's, we saw him do that. Richmond do goal. it with great deal of regu- they regularity. Do, but we, we don't. We back in our skills. We back in. We're going to win this contest through gaining, whether it be gaining a tap down to a player or through tackle, gaining possession, handball or out, handball to an outer player, and then some run or carry. We, yeah. we back in our skill set. We don't mm-hmm. We don't use the, uh, the effective territory based enough for me. Is, is that a... Is that a bad call to make, Zach? No, I don't think so. And I, th- I think something we really lack is players that can not necessarily have a good football IQ, but can read read the play. Like, I, for me, Corey Enright was probably the best at that I've ever seen. He could read every situation so well. And we, we've got some wonderfully skilled players, but they're not always great at reading the ball, reading the play, reading the situation well. And I think that's really lacking mm-hmm. for us, whether that's, you know, first, second, third tier players. I think that's a real gaping hole that, that we've got at the moment. My, my mind just comes to James Kelly, uh, Joel Corey, when you say that as well. Yeah, all, yeah. The, all those players. Are, yeah, yeah the golden sense. generation. Yeah, but, but the thing is, like, some of them are naturally gifted with it. Corey Enright was always like that, but you can teach it as well. Yeah, so definitely, whether, yeah. Whether, whether this is a development issue that we're having at the mm-hmm. moment, but I'm just not seeing it enough. Mm-hmm. Moments within matches. We've talked about this a lot. This one came down to the wire at the end. The fourth quarter, we gave it our all. We can't really fault our effort in our fourth quarter, but we brought it on ourselves through our second and, and third quarter displays. Moments within matches. Um, there was Cam Guthrie in the, the third quarter. Zach, he... Yep. Yeah, Cam Guthrie didn't... He didn't have a great day, did he? Dad to forget three pretty horrible errors. I'm sure he'd love to forget. He just... 
his efficiency's really let him down the last couple of weeks. It's it's, mm. it's just not the the Cam Guthrie that that we know, and a few mates of mine have it have even been suggested maybe he should be dropped. I don't, I don't agree with that, but some people yeah. are yeah questioning that. But he's just so below par; it's so uncharacteristic for him. Mm. I think he finished with eighty four point five percent disposal efficiency, but those yeah three crucial mistakes. I think yeah. it was in that that third quarter, which were really really crucial. Mm. It is moments within matches. We've talked about it. Richmond, we've talked about it. Western Bulldogs, we've talked about it. Adelaide, we've talked about it. Melbourne, when we did get up, and we're talking about it here now. It just happens and happens and happens again. But yeah. Yeah, these, these, these things are predictable, and it's whether you take advantage of the moment, whether you can grasp the moments. 13 disposals and those three clangers to Guthrie. The other ones as well from the from the weekend. Um, oh, Mark O'Connor had he had he Gary. There was a certain moment that a mark taken inside the Ford Fifty. Yep. I don't know Mark O'Connor's what what launch he has. How far, In terms of it, how distance I don't on know his kick, his distance on his kick. Yep. For instance, I don't think um, Parfit's got an amazing range. He's got a very good kick, but he doesn't have the range. So it, I'm not sure if he has that distance, or, but mm-hmm. if he if he does have that distance, he has to take that kick. Mm-hmm. As soon as he marks that ball, he's looking for handball. Yeah, it was it wasn't the best of signs um, for him to be immediately indecisive or immediately looking to, to pass the responsibility onto someone else. Mm. We don't we don't know if he has that range. Yeah, it, yeah. If well, he, if he doesn't have the range, then maybe it should be up to. Someone has to be next to him, yeah. whether it be you know Ablett, Tui for as soon as, a, a big yeah. kicker. As soon as he marks that ball, to be the players to be close to him, get around him for that. Yeah. So we're speculating. If he does have the range, he has to. As if you, I know he's a young kid. Yeah, only played four, only played a handful of games. Matches, but you are a professional footballer. A marking's up fifty. If you do have that range, and I'm, I'm not sure he does, but if you do, then you have to go back and take a shot. Um, nobody's nobody's going to tear you down if you have a shot and you miss. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not pointing out James Parsons, but he's missing the quarter as a, yeah. a crucial moment. We had Hawkins had a few misses. There's no. It, it's four quarters. Yeah. It's a four quarter game. It's not one moment that wins matches, but there's combined combined moments, and there's ones that stick out in fans' minds, and I yeah. think that's that's really why I think. Fans remember there is mm-hmm. Cam Guthrie match for those reasons. On the weekend, Zach, Luke Bruce. Yeah, he's having a great he had, season. He had a he'd, moment. He'd have to be in AA calculations, I think. But mm. one of the moments for me, he ran in and snapped a great goal. He did it very well. But on the replay, there were at least three, four, maybe even five of our defenders, in, I guess kind of a semicircle around him. But when he was running into that goal full pace, two of the defenders were looking at each other, wondering who should have been on him. And the other two were just walking. It was just such a disorganised, lethargic effort from a defence that has been so well structured this year. And that, that nearly summed up the day for our defence, just unorganised, lacking behind. It was it was just so disappointing, beyond belief. Couldn't believe it. Yeah. Oh, moment within a match for you as well. Uh, the Warple versus Selwood display of hunger, hunger for the ball. Right. Yeah. yeah, hunger for the ball. Yeah. And for a young first first year player, I believe. Yeah, first year yeah. player yeah. For, from, from Geelong, training with the Cats. Yeah, yeah for Warple to to do something like that, display that with Selwood coming the other way, a champion of the game, legend yeah. of the game, legend of our football club. For him to do that, you know, it's that poetic mm. element yeah. of a, a key moment in the game. And you saw as soon as he was able to do that, that led to a goal for Hawthorne. And the whole entire team or a large portion of their team got around him after that moment because yeah. they knew that that was key. And that, that's not a blight on Joel Selwood not at, at all. all, but a moment that can kind of summarise a team's display in certain areas of the game. 
Yeah, so not in relation to Joel Selwood, effectively, I think. You, oh, I would never question Joel Joel's yeah. intensity. He's you know he he yeah. always gives everything, but just in this one moment, it just yeah. stood out again. One of these moments that stands out. Warpool's the the Warpedo. Yeah, he, he had a great game, and he he is going to be a, a future star. I think. Yeah, he's, yeah. those that he, he turned yeah. it on. Those yeah. that didn't know who he was. Before now, know who he is. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But the, the matches as a whole, we it's pointed out there. Can we outline selection issues prior to that? Cleanliness on the ball, indecisive play on the ball as well. Skills versus grunt or grit and will for the ball. There's a lot of questions raised at. Geelong at the moment. Heath Harding mentions tackling pressure, standing up, uh, cracking under pressure to the Bulldogs, Tigers, Bombers, Hawks. Tigers are a quality outfit, but you'd want to back in Geelong to beat the other three. And he raises playing conservative game until backs are up against the wall. Is that how we want to be playing? I wouldn't think so. Yeah. And, yeah. and Chris Scott did state that. He, he did raise that after match that, unfortunately, it's happening at the very end. Unfortunately, we're raising it to the final quarter. Mm. So this isn't a question that I want to raise. Where does the, I guess, the the fault lie? Individual players versus coach after a match, and we all hear after a match when we lose to anyone, the Chris Scott out comment. My My... Point I want to raise is Chris Scott stated before the Richmond match, we don't want to play over handballing. Now, we disagreed to an extent last week. It was a 2v2. Mm. Uh, did we over handball? Mm. I think it was a 2v2 in the end yeah. uh, between the four of us on the panel that were there, we're the three today. We over handballed or we didn't. Mm-hmm. Now, that, that's an over handballing regard, but the the loss itself and the the second quarter and the third quarter the the tackling the the precious the inside 50s or lack of inside 50s the lack of tackling the lack of pressure does this ultimately fall on players shoulders or is their head coach or who do we attribute to yeah i I reckon i'd say maybe 60 40 in the coach's favor i would think because ultimately the players are being directed to play a certain way and it's the coaches that that decide that. You know, some some of the more experienced guys can do, you know, on field coaching and, you know, do go by their instincts, sell whatever, danger field, etc. Mm-hmm. But ultimately I think it's the coaches that, you know, every huddle they're telling them you need to do this and whatever and I don't know, I just feel like, you know, we've we've fallen short in so many four quarters and people are leaving the ground. And saying, you know, well, where was that in the second quarter? Where was that in the third quarter? It's just, it, yeah, it's gotten mm. really missed at the, at the minute. Jimmy Bartell commented midweek, actually, on 3AW. He stated, it seems like when the game is almost out of the re- reach, they let the handbrake go and they play to their strengths for their superstars. I feel when they play towards Ablett, Dangerfield, Hawkins, these sorts of guys, it's fast attacking footy. We saw that the last quarter. It was a... I think it was a Selwood to Albert, um, a Danger and a Hawkins mark all combined. Yeah, all four of them um, involved. It, it seems to be, and we'll get on to individual players, but he, he was asked an, an interesting question whether A, B or C category could you put put them into effectively. He was asked, uh, describing Geelong's performance or them this season, would they be A, disappointing, B, some progress made, with some players, but nonetheless unsatisfying, or C, a complete and utter rank failure. And he stated probably the last one, being complete and utter rank failure. This is this is not on this match. This is in relation to season. Geelong's missing potential missing finals. So the season. Mm. Mm. Jimmy Bartell, probably the last one, being a complete and utter rank failure. Do, do we agree with that? That the seasons, I I, I I I don't see it through that at all. I I take and we'll raise positives. Um, I'm not rosing this up. 
and we may hear some negatives. Um, I I would want to say the second one, as in B, so disappointing, but there's definitely been some development out of the season, um, primarily because personally I look at the at the game as I have mentioned in previous weeks in a cyclical manner and so slow changing of of the list and you know the the, the gradual phasing out or phasing in of players so the, the the young crop that have really come in this year and showed they can play at AFL Quinton Narkel, Asav Radagalea, Lockie Fogarty, Jack Henry I, I know I'll miss players just mm. by speaking, because they're off right of Tom Head. Uh, mm-hmm. Jermaine Jones, we know. These guys can play AFL footy. Mm-hmm. They, they they can be great players at Geelong. Mm-hmm. They have potential. Zach, the I, same question. I'd probably say halfway between B and C, because I don't... You can rosy it up all you want, but if you look at our best team on paper, I think not, not playing finals would be a failure. You mm-hmm. look at the players we've got at each end of the ground, not playing mm-hmm. finals with... Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. We're, Grant, we're, yeah, granted that we were uh, in the um, prelim, you know, well, of, of the last. You know, I mean, I mean, look at us. We're we're on equal points with North Melbourne, you know. Yeah, There's and and I would I would like rate us and... above North. I would rate us above North Melbourne. Our list is better than North Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah. yeah, but we we were let down in various areas on the weekend. Obviously, with Stanley injured, hit outs were beaten in that department. Uh, clearances, first week in probably five weeks, I think we've been beaten in the clearance department. 46 to 40 in Hawthorne's favour. They had more disposals than us, 373 versus 345. We registered 59 clangers for the week, on the weekend against 48. Tackles, 94 to Hawthorne against 75 for the Cats. Mm. Key areas, tackles. In, mm. Inside fifties will beaten. Yep. Key key areas um, and also marks as well. If you want to bring yeah. out marks, yeah. sixty five to the cats and eighty eight to Hawthorne. Yeah. And uh, I believe one of the major stats mentioned by um, the media during the game was if Hawthorne can get anywhere close to hundred uncontested marks in a game they will most likely win the match yeah yeah and and moving on from the 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 Geelong match uh, analysis match stats we'll, we'll go into some individual analysis the good the elite let's keep this short because we know it and it's it, it seems it's standard every week don't we Paddy Dangerfield um Gary Ablett Sam Manigola Joel Selwood and I thought Hawkins he kicked one goal three but he, he was a presence he, mm. he was involved mm. with limited and, and pretty bad service at, at various stage and lack of service danger 40 disposals 26 contested he was a beast like nine clearances mm-hmm. he always is he's always just incredible very cat like in his movement yeah he, he's always incredible yeah Ablett as well, standing up to critics again. 32 disposals, three goals, 15 contested possessions, eight tackles. Yep. Uh, who's questioned <laughs> his tackling pressure or his will for the ball? Oh, many. Many, many, many people. Eight tackles. People. Eight tackles for Gaz. Yep. Menegola, 30 disposals, 12 contested, six tackles. Great performance again. Joel Selwood on a tag as well. He stood up. 23 disposals, 15 contested, and Hawkins we've talked about. It's the same, 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 same. It leads us into talking about the segment that we hate talking about every week. And Reece Stanley was injured, so he doesn't he doesn't reach this mark, but it's the section we really hate talking about every week. But it's a section that we have decided to, to include in this podcast because we believe it, it is needed to be talked about, and that is... A bottom six from the weekend, or a potential bottom six from the weekend. There's actually some debate. It it could have been extended, I think, really, on the weekend, couldn't it? Beyond uh, six. Beyond six, could it? I think it, it, it could have. Yeah. The bottom six players we, we put in there. Straight away, your mind, Zach. 
Who does it stem to? I think for, we shouldn't feel bad, first of all, because the key to improving in anything is... Admitting is, fault. Is admitting fault and taking criticism on board. So yep. I don't think we should feel bad about it. Look, do we yep. really need to talk about James Parsons? I think his seven possessions and one behind that he got probably typify why he's just not up to the standard at the moment. And the, going back to selection quickly, I looked back at his VFL numbers last week. His numbers don't... He didn't they stand out. They, they weren't again. bad, but they weren't any amazing. They, they weren't bad, and I, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. I just I'm still a bit baffled as to what the appeal is for him because if it's just off numbers, you got the hyphen and other players that are probably more tested. That are, hyphen played know, VFL this weekend. Yeah, yep. you know you've got other guys that you'll know what you get. So I just, I'd really love to know what the appeal is. I mm. raised last week that I think Parsons at AFL level could could. Make it, really make it, as a half back or in the back pocket. He played a large portion of the game defensively. Mm. Mm. Could be a, a Lonigan like you called that one, Ollie. Didn't yeah, you? I, I called that one. Just simplify the game to the extreme yeah. for him. But yeah. there was yeah those punch. moments yeah. moments punch, within the match. Defend all that sort of stuff. Eight disposals, four Parsons, and two clangers. And some indecisive play as well. There was that moment around where he he had the ball, had it for two or three seconds. Indecisiveness shown, handballed Gary Ablett. It was on immediately the, tackled. Immediately tackled on the boundary line. With He yeah. couldn't use it And Parsons had Parsons had space around him. Yeah. But, yeah, the mind wasn't quick but enough to make the decision. Just, just regarding bringing up a bottom six altogether and why it's relevant, Stephen Morris says... Every team has a bottom six, but the Cats' bottom six is standing out and the weakness of the Cats is we don't have depth courtesy of our draft working against us and talks about selection issues. So it, it, I think it's relevant in that in that section. that We don't like talking about it. We don't like naming players. He had a bad game. X didn't perform to his potential. But at the same time, if, if, we, are, if we do wish to provide an objective analysis... We have to. Other names that come to mind. Mark O'Connor had some moments of real brilliance from me on the weekend. Yeah, a couple, I think it was there was one specific uh, one-on-one when he was definitely under pressure and he did well to to win it. Yeah, um, yeah. But a, a bottom six is mentioned there definitely for O'Connor, and this is one that's been introduced only what four, four games played. When you have a potential experienced body for Jackson Thurlow to to come in, mm. O'Connor eight disposals, two clangers, registers one one percenter. Oh, well, well, there you registers go. one one percenter. Yeah. Um, uh, bottom six category there. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're in agreement with that one. Yeah. Lucky Fogarty. No, I disagree with that one. Yeah, I think on numbers, I mean, five touches doesn't look great, but I think yeah. he, you talk about players that read the game and have that smarts, he's got that, and he's gradually getting better and better each week. I think what he does and the position he's in, I think we just need to look a bit beyond just the stats for him. I think he's warranted another selection. I th- yeah, I think he gets to good, gets to the right sort of s- spots, or you know, mm. lays the right sorts of tackles, is in and under. Um, and is you know he works hard. His work rate is high. He 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 applies tackling pressure. He has a bit of grit. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yep. Um. Yep. Three tackles for for Fogarty, and definitely room for improvement. Extremely, extremely young player. I'm not. Mm. We're not calling name calling them out here at all. Mm-hmm. But um, question marks are raised in terms of the top five. Selwood, Albert, uh, Manigola, Hawkins. We've picked out. Danger for today, you know, Mitch Duncan would be in there another week versus a potential bottom six. And there's a lot of question marks this week. Who reaches the bottom six? Um, for me, uh, Zach Tweed in the finest game, one tackle, 13 disposals, and five of those were handballs. Yeah. A lot of those kicks then, those eight kicks, would have been kick-ins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just wasn't, from behind, so he he wasn't involved really. Wasn't um, damaging like he usually yeah. is. Forget damaging. He wasn't accountable. You're playing on Luke Bruce, who's in AA contention. As we said, he was not accountable at all, particularly yeah. in the second and third quarter. I mean, 
Mm. Um, Cam Cam Guthrie, Zach, thirteen disposals. Those you mentioned those those three points in the the third quarter. He, he finished with three clangers. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little bit worried about Cam Guthrie. I picked him as. Um, you picked him as yeah. the, the cloud of cat of the week, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That eventually. Yeah, and he had two really solid games, but after that, he's just. It's a bit of a worrying trend now. It's been a bit of continuous with his touch. So. Yeah, yeah. There's a few in the back line. Um, for me, yeah. Hendo again, um, potentially. He, disposals, 16 disposals, but. You look at what I think is really, really interesting from this match to take out from our defenders, especially, is the one percenters or lack of one percenters. Our top one percenter getter for this week had seven one percenters. If we look at the week prior to that against Richmond, we're looking at a Tendo at eight. And Blitzarves at 18, I believe. 18 one percenters. Blitzarves at 18. Yeah. So just... So Hendo with... Huge disparity between... Hendo with 8, Joel with 9, Blitz with 18, and our top with 7 this week, followed by 5s and 4s and 3s. One percenters are the the crucial areas in the game. Mm. And the big stage, MCG, Hawthorne, yeah. Yeah, because not every disposal or not, not every touch is going to be a clean one. Yeah, yeah. Colo, Colo Jasny in recent weeks. Yeah, unfortunately, I think he still falls under that category, but I'm still happy with what I'm seeing from him. I think he's developing nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Parfit, interesting one for you, Zach. Yeah, I, I, got I didn't have a hand up. That was mine. This is a bit different from Lockie Fogarty. He had 17 touches, so stats-wise looks good, but just, I don't know, just his touches didn't seem all that damaging, and I don't know, I just didn't notice him all that much in the game. All right, okay. Yes, yeah, so, so finish with the, the 16, 17 touches from memory. So in terms of overall use and yeah, overall just, impact. Just, just his re- yeah, impact and relevance wasn't wasn't awful, but just didn't mm. notice him that much. Kind of uh, anonymous. Yeah, a little it, bit. He did yeah. did pin three tackles, but I think yeah, finishes with 60, 64.7% disposal efficiency from those 17 disposals. Yeah, but potentially um potentially didn't play to what we what we have seen from Brandon. Um the disparity we've pointed out in terms of the elite and the the the, the bottom six and the extended bottom six, but what has been in our favour for a lot of this season, I guess, is that the bottom six players that we're naming and we like to be in that category are the young kids because you want the the players with the the, the least amount of output to be. The kids with the least experience mm-hmm. and the the players with the most potential in them, mm-hmm. there. But mm-hmm. um, to be to be discussing the likes of Zach experienced uh, Cam Guthrie, Zach Tui, who I love and I hate to have to mention, have to mention in that. Yeah, it, it's not the best. It's not the best, um, and it spells question marks. Final final yes. remarks. Yes. I would think that perhaps a break well may well be in order <laughs> just for us to um, gather our yeah. thoughts after after discussing some of that stuff. Yeah. All right. We'll have a bit of break. Can you clatter? Catch in a bit. Welcome back to the Gardenia Clouder, guys. I've uh, missed the recording earlier in the week as I've been a bit under the weather, as you might be able to tell by my voice. Um, I'm just going to give you a bit of a recap of the VFL game from the weekend in which we got over the Bombers by 28 points in testing conditions on our Saturday night down at the Cattery. Uh, Essendon actually jumped us early in the game. They kicked two goals, two to one, four. We just couldn't really finish. You know, the wind win was quite uh, strong, as we know. And it was obviously it rained all day and the hail was pretty bad. I know especially down south in Melbourne, we copped it in our game earlier. 
Jordan Murdoch was fantastic. I think he might be in line for a senior selection. He kicked three goals and, and had 21 touches, including you know six tackles, and he was definitely a standout for mine. Um, Jackson Thurlow was really good as well. He he had the 25 touches playing cross halfback through the midfield. He was just you know another solid performance. As was the hyphen played well. Um, he just isn't quite you know at that AFL standard yet. He's just a bit ineffective and. Um, just lacking that pace, I think that will take him to that next next level. Buzzer kicked the two goals as well. He was, you know, he's he's been playing really well in the VFL, so I'm hoping that he's showing enough signs that he can be a player in the future. But I'm not sure if I think he's left his run a bit too late. You know, coming into finals, I think Ryan Abbott's going to come in now that Stanley's gone down. So and now you know, Big Sav's back on the track, so he's he he could be back by the end of this year, which is absolutely crazy. You know, miraculous. Uh, Harry Taylor obviously uh, made his return, played a very, very minimal time, kicked the one goal when he was on the ground. So that would suggest he's probably going to come in and play that that forward role for the Cats, you know, maybe this week. Maybe they'll save him to the Gold Coast game in round 23. But um, Harry Taylor, you know, played probably only a quarter and a half of, of match time. So he could, you know, very well be in this weekend to get those two games into him before finals and hopefully get him to some sort of uh, match fitness. But yeah, the game itself was pretty scrappy. Uh, no one really dominated. It was, you know, wet, windy. So it was a really good performance to win by five goals. And that, you know, that doesn't really reflect the dominance that um, the Cats had over the game. But coming into the last two rounds, we're playing Coburg this week on the Saturday at midday down at Piranha Park in Coburg. So that'll be a big game and we should we should really put them to bed and, you know, we've wrapped up our top four spot. We should keep keep our four points and percentage on Williamstown. And we'll have Box Hill in the last round, which will be a huge game because they're fifth and only two games behind us. So um, they'll, they'll be going for a top four spot potentially. Um, Casey and Richmond probably finish first and second. Maybe that could switch up, but, you know, they're top two. So we'll probably play either, well, Richmond in the, in the, uh, first final in, in three weeks time but it's looking good for the Cats of we're hitting finals in some really good form and I'd just like to shout out Gary Ablett for uh, being the Cadinia Clouder Cat of the Week as uh, as selected by me the other week uh, fantastic against Hawthorne and uh, finally just before I head off I'll pick a Cadinia Clouder Cat of the Week myself for the game against Freer this week I'm going to go with Joel Selwood because of uh the concussion he got, you know, from Hayden Ballantyne last last time we played these guys down at the Cattery last year when we nearly lost that game. So let's hope we don't have a repeat this this week and hopefully we can have a 10-plus goal win. So I'm going to go Joel Selwood. And the Cats really need to put their foot down this week. So I reckon it's going to be 11-goal win, 67 points. Uh, back to the guys in the studio uh, for their pre-recorded kitty near Clowder. Thanks, guys. Kidney Clowder, back at it. Uh, fan comment, Dominic Brown raises Quinton Arkell and Jermaine Jones in the same team. Has it been considered? I think they have played in the same team before. Yeah, the Sydney Sydney game, I think they were both playing. It does raise, it seems to be a, a ones in, ones out kind of scenario. Different situation uh, against Richmond in regards to Narkel's omission, but Generally, I'd, I'd like them both in the same team. Mm. Small, small forwards would apply pressure. Yes. Around yes. tall forwards surrounding that and the likes of Mans, Hawkins and whoever it may be. Uh, Asava come back, hopefully. But yeah, but it stems on, I guess, from where do we go from here and currently where do we sit at, at the end of this round? We we are ninth as it stands. Where, where, where do we sit? We're relying on the results of other results teams. Of other teams. We beat Gold Coast at Cadenia Park and, and Fremantle yeah. at Cadenia Park. Where do we go from here, Zach? And how do we how do we go from here? Well, I think in, in the past, some teams might really you know rest players in this situation, but I think for us, it's got to be full strength. And I mean, with respect to those two teams, we should be going in thinking, 
thinking we need to win these games by like 10 goals plus, mm. which we can do. Yeah. Freo only just got over the top of Carlton today in Perth. Gold Coast are just irrelevant waiting till the end of the season, basically. Yeah. We need to go all out because percentage could be the difference between, you know, finishing ninth or sixth mm. or seventh. Yeah. It's everything. We've got to throw everything we can at these teams and be absolutely brutal. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. I think the margins from this season is when you look at it, we've we've been tight when we have lost. It's all been extremely tight. There's only one match I can think of where we have just not turned up and that was the Essendon game where we were, we were beaten by, it was between 40, 50 yeah. points, potentially could be more. But um, but every other match, West Coast match, we were in it until the last minute to the last final quarter. We had a lot of injuries. Bulldogs match, kick after the siren. Richmond match, it uh, could have got over in that last quarter. Hawthorne round two, Hawthorne now. <laughs> yeah. A lot of losses and a lot of losses, close losses. Is that a positive to take or am I rosing things up? I think you're rosing it up with a few of them. Like the Bulldogs game probably should have won that one. Essendon, who knows if we had have turned up, we could have beaten them at the time. They weren't playing great. Mm. Hawthorne, I think we've seen they're pretty good, so maybe toss of the coin for those. Mm. Richmond are the pace setters at the minute, so... Yeah. But imagine just two or three more wins, it could be in a totally different situation. Exactly. You you win the ones you ought to win, and we... We'll be talking top four, home final. exactly. Yeah. Zach, with the the young group that we do have playing, and the amount of young players that we do have playing, which is great, coming through, Mm. the likes of Asava, Fogarty... Jermaine Jones, uh, Parsons, whoever it may be, Parfit, young kids, how do you inspire them or how do you motivate them for prior to a match or in regards to big moment matches, MCG, big stage? For 18-year-old Lockie Fogarty, I'm, I'm not to say that he didn't, ha- didn't ha- have a good game, just, just in general, regarding to young players, how do you, how would you motivate them? How, how do you inspire them? Yeah, I think this is one of the toughest tasks, you know, in footy, and also obviously personally we have this, and you use, I mean, for Geelong, I'd be getting, you know, Matthew Scarlett in and Corey and running guys like that, and just reassuring these young kids, these, you know, guys before them have been in the exact same boat. You know, Corey Enright came in as a young player wasn't a great kicker or disposer. People doubted him. He would have been doubting himself, like some of these young guys would do at times. I mean, Lockie Fogarty, if you walk out of a big game with five touches, you're going to think, you know, Hmm. place could be on the line, you know, am I performing at the level I should be? Get these other people in, you know, around them and just reassure them, you know, we went through the same thing, but you will learn. We're doing AFL at the moment with some of our grade one or grade two kids who do get a bit, a bit anxious. You get a grade six or a grade seven in and you tell them the same thing. With time, with practice, mm-hmm. with experience, with all these things, you will get to that standard. Yep. But you can't rose it up entirely. You've got yep. to work for it as exactly. well. Exactly, exactly. If you show that commitment, if you do these things, it mm. will work out. So yeah. I'm sure they'd be doing things like that. Yeah, and much of it has to be self-directed. And I guess a, yeah. a, another positive to take out um, is... The cyclical nature of the game, old. Yeah, the cyclical nature of the of the changes within within lists and the the changes of the groups of, of players. You know, you're phasing out of your experienced players. You're you're phasing in of your youngsters. Enough. And we see our hot prospects. We see our experienced players gradually phasing out. Hmm. It's, you know, it's the spring period, it's the rebirth, you know, all this sort of stuff. You're going to have winter at some point, you know, your downtime. Yeah. But light at the end of the tunnel, light after the darkness. But don't you think that's changed a bit with free agency coming in? That cyclical thing. I mean, Geelong and Hawthorne and Sydney, they've been able to regenerate quickly compared to, you know, 10 years ago before free agency when you'd have three or four years down the bottom. Yeah, oh, look, I, I, I actually and, don't, to be honest, because a player will move. we got Dangerfield, we've got Gaz, but it's a 22-match mm. game. Yeah, I a, think the core a, a one, of the list... A one 
free agency get really doesn't spark as we've seen this season with five elite players, at least five elite players at the club. It's a 22 match game. It, it, it's yeah, a, 20, 22 it comes down to player. the draft ultimately. So Oz pointed out in the past, when I was at the January... Um, or the you know the the the, to... the four the four seasonal changes in terms of uh, your winter period. Uh, yeah. Your, so, or, so yeah. when you, you if if you've passed a premiership and yeah. your, your players are retiring, yeah. um, and you don't have a high draft pick, yeah. obviously, yeah, and be... and you you're likely to spend time down the bottom of the of the ladder of yeah. the ladder, but then after the winter will come spring because those players, those young players will eventually grow or they'll Bring eventually the develop. Season. Yeah. But don't you think we 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 have considerably less young players than other teams because to get well, some of these players in, yeah, we do. And we've given away, I think I think it's been our last two or three first round picks and that's hurt and we talk mm-hmm. about our bottom six now. Mm-hmm. No one's questioning bringing Dangerfield in, bringing Tui and obviously that's paid off. Scott mm-hmm. Selwood as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it has impacted the bottom line. Gary Ablett, you know, so a lot of people debate was pick nineteen too much for him. Maybe. Mm. No. Oh, no, look, I, I don't want to end discussion. End the season, we can. End the season, yeah, we can. Oh, of but, course. Look, but, I, I don't agree with it either. But you can see, you can see what I mean. You, there, there is an argument there. Yeah, there is an argument yeah. to be made. Yeah. 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 I, but um, the the free agency point you make is is a good one. Yet I do feel that the the core of of a you know the core of the changes within a list always stays the same and it follows that cyclical nature. Mm-hmm. Some positives to bring out, and there's not many from a Lossie and Hawthorne, but Matt McKnight says Ablett being able to get kick three goals and have thirty disposals against booze that he got. The the booze for critique him at, at your peril. Regarding Jones, Gary Ablett, better than any player. Just <laughs> <laughs> the goat. The goat. <laughs> J- Jake Langenegger again says, "Why does it feel like Gary Ablett is playing for respect every week? He has a crack and cops it for lack of tackling pressure. He registered eight tackles on the weekend. Surely people understand that tackling isn't necessarily his role, and just embrace him being back as a good thing. But, but you know, but he, you know, even if he is protecting his shoulder, he's thirty-four and he's got a, a dud shoulder. Could you blame him for once or twice looking after himself, thinking if yeah. he did hurt himself again, it could be game over? Yeah, it's, mm. it's great, Jake. He, first of all, he, he has laid tackles on the weekend, um, and second of all, I, I totally agree. With the sentiments, and I totally yeah. agree with him. Yeah. Him being back, and yeah. I love it. But finally, I guess to finish off with some some positivity, uh, Leon Reeves, a great <laughs> comment. He says, "Okay, so made a smart move and increased my health cover, but yet again we had a goalless <laughs> quarter and can't expect to win games against a good team. We can still make it if we win our remaining games, and if we don't win, we don't deserve a top eight spot. That's simple. That's now that's the positives." Tough. What a performance from the Trinity. Ablett, Danger, and Selly again leading, for example. Manangola, congrats on 50 games and a good, solid effort. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love it. We didn't even mention Manangola 50 games. I love it. Upcoming. Upcoming games. Fremantle and Gold Coast. <sighs> yep. Um, how, do we, how do we view these now? The next match. I think he can decrease his health cover. I don't think there'll be any concerns with these two. It should just be... A matter of how much, really, but like I said, I want to see full strength teams named and no, no lapses, no slacking off. You mm. really need to win these games by as yeah. much as we mm. can, and I'd love nothing more than to beat Freo by three digits. <laughs> yeah, I'd, yeah, that'd be that'd be brilliant. But yeah, I I do think that um, we have to pay respect to all opposition. So if we're not switched on. There's no excuse. For there that. is no excuse because we ought to be switched on. Leon says, free at home on paper looks like an easy win, but I hope we play ruthless and I want us to annihilate them. Ten goals, no mercy. Come on, Catters. I yes. love it, Leon. Beautiful. Yes, Beautiful. That, that's dead on. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> on paper, look, match to match players, there isn't that much given that Sandilands isn't playing. So there's no real key matchups. Um Locking it's Neil, the same we're going to have to watch him. That'll be a Scott Selwood job. I That'll be a Scott Selwood job. Um, yeah, yeah, Michael Walters, he's a good player. Um, but 
really, this discussion shouldn't even be relevant for me. We, yeah. we don't even have to talk about Fremantle's players. It's we, just the case of we need to win and by how much. And mm. I love it. 10 goals. Mm. So, mm. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Let's final two home and away games and hopefully going on from that, hopefully some finals, but finish on some positivity and um, finish on a, a 10 goal margin fin- final uh, predictions upcoming Clatter Cat of the Week and your margins for the weekend. I will th- I will go Geelong by 90 points. I think they're going to absolutely absolutely demolish Freo. My Clatter Cat of the Week is going to be Ryan Abbott. I've got no doubt he's going to play. I, yeah. think, I think they've put a line through Zach Smith. I think he may as well pack his bags if he hasn't got a game in the meantime. I think that right. means they've Lost faith in him. I think Brian Abbott will play. And with yeah. no Sandlands, I think he'll absolutely slaughter whoever Darcy Tucker or whoever Frio have in the ruck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rock Rabbit, come in and he kill it for Zach. Play. And yeah. a 90 margin. Mm-hmm. Bowl. From mm-hmm. from big positive here to the, the Clouders' own uh, pessimist. <laughs> <laughs> um, Geelong, definitely, by... Well, this will be my largest margin for the, for the year, probably. Eight, eight goals. Eight goals. Yeah, yeah. Eight goals. Yeah. Eight, Eight goals. goals. So, so forty-eight points. And Clouder Cat of the Week, Tom Hawkins. How many? Five, six. Five, five six would be good. Five. All right. Five. Tom Hawkins and an eight-goal margin. Now, how much did we beat Melbourne by? Back in that was it Melbourne or Richmond? Back in um. Was it 2000 and 2011? 2011. What was that margin? Around about that margin. 156 <laughs> points, I believe. Yeah. Geelong to win by 156 points <laughs> at Winter Park in the weekend <laughs> against Fremantle. Let's, let's just get around the positivity. Let's get around the positivity. Come on. Let's, well, we need a percentage boost, and that is one <laughs> hell of a percentage boost. <laughs> that, that will be my margin for the weekend. <laughs> um. Upcoming Cloud Cat of the Week for me. Um, Brandon Parfit. Brandon Parfit. Yep. You want to back him in. That's good. Yep. No Love worries. It. Kids will stand up. Yep. yep. No problems at all. And I'll speak to you boys after a... <laughs> a, a, a wreck after a three-digit win. <laughs> yeah, after a record-winning margin at KP. Yeah. Love it. Oh, yeah. Anyway, continue Cloud up. Take positives. See you next week, boys. Cat Let's go, Cats. Cats.